Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And here are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 1, episode 12, Faith Healer. Created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Written by Christine Cornish. Directed by David Cronenberg. Original air date, February 8th, 1988. So we're back with season 1, episode 12, Faith Healer. We were supposed to do two episodes this week, but I couldn't get my act together. So we're only doing one. And now you guys are probably listening to this in April, but it's still the end of January here. And we're gearing up for a big, huge storm that's supposed to come tonight or tomorrow. I believe it's tonight all the way. I think they said 7 p.m. to 7, 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we pray to the power gods that we keep our electricity because it's freezing. So the cursed antique from Friday the 13th wiki is the Sforza glove that transfers a magnifying ailment from one person to the other. So this artifact works kind of the same way as um, Mary Malloy's butcher knife in the warehouse episode Trials. Remember that episode? Mm -hmm. Mary Malloy was typhoid Mary. Claudia and Steve were trying to buy this knife back at auction and somebody stole it and at the end they found it and it was a father using it on his adult son because his adult son was dying of cancer, I think. Yeah. That was a good episode. So once again, this episode reminded me of another supernatural episode entitled Faith. And when I went to look it up, I found that the supernatural episode Faith, which is episode 12, just like this one, aired right after the Scarecrow episode that we talked about last week, which was episode 11. Just like in this series, episode 11 was Scarecrow. So I'm reading this directly from the Supernatural Wiki page, and I'll link it to our website. But part of the description was, A despondent Sam searches desperately for a way to save his brother and believes he may have found an answer through a preacher who claims to heal the incurable. However, Dean and Sam discover that the preacher is getting help from the Grim Reaper who is trading one life for another. So he cures one person and another person dies. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's kind of a weird coincidence that not only are the two Supernatural episodes very close to these two Friday the 13th episodes, but they're in the same order. Both of them are 11 and 12 in season one. So that was weird coincidence, I think. <laughs> so in this episode, a faith healer gets called out and proven to be a fraud in front of his congregation. He runs away and is chased by a guy in a wheelchair. And people with walkers and canes, obviously they can't catch him. So he hides in an alley where he finds a white glove. He puts it on, but gets hit in the head by a lady with a cane. She says he promised to cure her. She falls down, though, because she she can't stand very well, I guess. And he touches her with the glove and she's somehow cured but it looks as if the healers contracted the disease from the woman and when a cop tries to help him he touches the cop and hands off the disease to the cop and he's cured again so mickey and ryan come across this faith healer on tv and ryan wants to watch and i'm really not sure why but mickey does not and then jack comes in and notices the glove on the tv screen and he recognizes it as this savora glove it was supposed to provide good health to the Svora family back in Da Vinci's day. And these are real people. I looked them up. Jack had brought it back from Italy years ago. I thought I recognized that glove. It's called the Sforza glove. I brought it back from Rome on one of my voyages from when I used to be in the Merchant Marine. It's from the time of Da Vinci. This was made for Antonio Sforza by his court physician. 
It was supposed to provide good health for the ruling families, you know, for the elite. At least that's the story that they put around. I don't know that it ever really worked. But now it heals people. Mm-hmm, so it would seem. But I wonder at what cost. They also find it listed in the store manifest as sold. So they try to break into the faith healer's place, and that doesn't go well. <laughs> and Jack is mad because they broke his, what do you call him, lock-picking tools? Yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> Ryan and Mickey follow this faith healer when he finally does come out of his church. They lose him, and they miss him giving whatever disease he just got from healing someone to a lady with a dog in an alley. And that was pretty hilarious. Oh, God. Go ahead. (laughs) That was one of the most hilarious deaths I've ever seen. But they do get there in time to find the dead woman. So Jack figures out how the glove might work. Well, it appears that the glove somehow must absorb one person's affliction and transfer it to someone else. The woman we saw wasn't just sick. She was dead. Maybe the glove stores and amplifies the affliction some way. And then whoever the glove touches gets it in spades. Exactly what I mean. And he goes off to get help from someone who he says is a peculiar friend who happens to be Jerry, the man who proved the faith healer was a fraud at the beginning of the episode. So apparently this is what he does. He debunks faith healers. I thought there was going to be a backstory about why he debunks faith healers. Like, did somebody promise to heal one of his family members and they didn't? You know, I thought there was going to be a backstory and there was never one, you know? Part of me wants to say it is a backstory because we find out that Jerry needs to be healed. Yes, he does need to be healed. But my point is, this is what he's been doing. This is what he does for his life's work for 20 years. I think because he's never been healed. So you think he's had this disease for 20 years and he's been dying for 20 years? I think he had, yeah. But when Jack said, I never I never saw you behave as a criminal before, he said, but I, I was never dying before. I think something's been wrong with him. You can tell something was wrong. I just didn't know it then what was wrong, but I said something was wrong. And that this man, you know, you, you go somewhere to get healed and you're never healed. So that's why he's trying to prove he's a fraud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jack um, tries to explain about the gloves, and he doesn't mention the whole devil curse. It takes a while for Jerry to agree to help him. Yeah. So now right here I was thinking that he didn't mention the devil curse. He just told him about unfortunate side effects, not about it killing people. So I was thinking this guy was going to think he can steal the glove and use it for himself because he doesn't know about the death part. But apparently... When he did find out about the death part, he didn't care. No, he didn't. I was like, why is Jack not telling him about the death part? So, of course, this guy is going to steal the glove and, you know, think he could heal people. We didn't know he needed to be healed yet. I was getting annoyed <laughs> with the whole thing. So, Jerry goes to see the faith healer and challenges him to prove himself. Jack asks Jerry if he has somebody to pretend that they're ill for this guy mm-hmm. to heal. Jerry says he has someone who's terminally ill. And Jack doesn't understand why he got someone who was terminally ill when he knows they're not going to let this guy heal him, obviously, because it's going to kill somebody else. Right. But Jerry wants to have this person healed. And he doesn't care when Jack finally tells him about the death part of things. And then we find out that Jerry's the one who's sick. So, does everyone have leprosy in the show? Everyone's disease looks exactly the same. They never tell us what the disease is. But everybody's disease looks exactly the same, except that one guy he was trying to heal his legs. Yeah. 
I mean, when the cop died, he looked like he had leprosy. I'm not saying it is leprosy, but the woman with the walker, everybody's disease looks the same. Yeah. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. He pulls a gun on Jack and ties him up in a closet, and hopefully Jack's escape artist skills will come in handy. <laughs> that was too funny. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. It was. So the faith healer shows up, and what does this guy live on a barge or something? Yes, yes, because I couldn't figure it out at first, and yes, he does. He lives underwater. I know people live on boats, but this was a giant ship. Yeah. It was weird. The faith healer shows up, and Jerry asks him to heal him. And the faith healer makes Jerry jump through hoops and then refuses to heal him. So Jerry pulls a gun and shoots his bodyguard. And the healer escapes, but Jerry shoots him while he's driving. So now the healer's trying to heal himself with a glove. He crashes his car somehow, trying to get away. It looks like he was able to heal himself, because I wasn't sure that was going to work. But then he touched his forehead by mistake, which means he got the shot back worse. I wasn't too sure, because part of me was like, he healed himself, but Jerry did seem to get a couple of more shots in him. That wasn't Jerry shooting, though. That wasn't him? No. I had to watch it twice. Jerry had his hands up. He didn't have any gun in his hands at that point. So it's like when he touched his own forehead, it made his wound worse and actual shots fired. No matter what, even if he didn't touch himself, it would have happened anyway because he couldn't transfer that over to somebody else. To somebody else, right. Yeah. That part I had to watch twice because I was like, wait a minute, who's shooting at him? Because it wasn't Jerry. I watched it twice to make sure. So apparently this was the shot coming back to him. It was confusing. So then Jerry steals the glove and goes back to get Jack. And Jack was almost untied. (laughs) All those years as a magician paid off. So Jerry's going to use the glove to heal himself and give the disease to Jack. Mickey and Ryan ride bikes to the boat. But we don't know how they found the boat. (laughs) I don't think Jack left any address or anything. I thought that it was in that little book that he had in his hand. Well, see, I was kind of confused about that, too. Because the looks on their faces made it seem that they didn't have enough information to find him. I don't know. So maybe you're right, and maybe it was one of those facial expression things that we talked about last week that makes you think one thing and then... It's another, yeah. Right. Jerry heals himself and tries to touch Jack with the glove, but Jack pushes Jerry's hand into his own face and it kills him. Mm -hmm. So at the end, Jack is feeling sorry for himself, and Mickey jumps all over him, apparently not understanding how people sometimes lash out. Because Jack, you know, he was upset, he wants to leave, but he can't leave, and he's kind of blaming them that he can't leave because they'll get themselves killed if he wasn't there. 
and Mickey takes offense, which I understand, but I'm sure Jack really doesn't want to leave. He was just lashing out because this guy was his friend and he turned on him. And Yeah, his two friends turn on him and leave him in this predicament. I can understand that. I really can't understand that. But he had a vent. He just had to let it out. Right, and Mickey doesn't get that. And Mickey takes offense, and she starts talking about everything she's given up. Of course, but you know he didn't mean it. You knew that he actually likes them, and he's not just there because they're going to get themselves killed. Right. Obviously. Then Ryan comes in and plays Peacemaker, and Ryan understands the whole situation. He says to Mickey, he's lost his friend. Give him a break. You know, we know Jack didn't mean it. Mickey yeah. complains all the time. But she had her little pity party. How many times? Exactly. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Apparently, she doesn't understand it when it's somebody else. Yeah. I don't have any more notes. What do you have? Anything? No, that's about it. Yeah. This was a pretty good one. Maybe they just made the diseases look like that so we could see the disease, you know? But it was like, what does everybody have leprosy? I know. All I kept <laughs> thinking about was oatmeal. Because I think before they used to use oatmeal, you know, for diseases on their faces, makeup. Yeah. So I was thinking that it would have been better if the car just went off the dock into the water. And then the glove just floats on top of the water. But him being wedged, yeah, it makes sense. After I thought about him going, all right, yeah, it makes sense because he can't get out. But if he was in the water and, you know, that high-speed chase where it just flies up and boom, right into the water, nosedive, and yeah. sink, and the glove floats up. Yeah. Oh, I meant to tell you, last week when we were talking about the end of Scarecrow and what happened to the heads... Mm-hmm. So I keep forgetting about this book. And I don't like to read things before we record because I want to see things the way I see them and not, you know, be influenced by something else. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about what Mrs. Cobean had in her hand when she was running out of the house. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, I keep forgetting about this book. I should go look in the book. And the book's name is Curious Goods. And I have read a couple of episodes after we recorded them. Mm-hmm. I don't like to read it before. Mm-hmm. And the link is on our website. So I went to the book to see if it said anything about what she was carrying in her hand. And it didn't say anything about that. But it did say, at the end, the way it was supposed to go was that Mickey says what happened to the head. And while they're driving away, it's raining. So all the farmland is getting washed out. And because all the dirt's washing away, they were just going to show this row of heads in the ground. Just like you said, but either the network or somebody wouldn't let them do that. They thought it was too graphic, which is exactly what you said, too. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to have to remember to go to the book if we have questions after we record. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have anything else in this episode. No, that's it. So, like I said, this was supposed to be two episodes, so next time we'll try to do two. And we'll be back shortly for a couple more episodes. See you then. See you then. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.